Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Come on, just thank Him for His satisfaction tonight. Thank Him for His presence that is life in this place. Come on, it is a beautiful day that we are living in. As, as although we are seeing wheat and tear, we are seeing sheep and goat, we are seeing faith rise up in this hour. Believers and unbelievers, this is what I described it as. We're seeing lines being drawn, but I'm thankful to be in the company of believers tonight. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. In fact, when I was driving to church tonight, I stopped by the gas station and it was as if I could just see the spirit of worry hovering over in different regions and vehicles literally just traveling with people and and I just I thought about you tonight I thought about you that not everything is going perfect not everything's going as you had planned not everything is lined up as you had hoped but I pray that you just be encouraged in this room tonight that the Lord is with you that the Lord is near to you the Lord is moving and he sees what you don't as we talked about on Sunday he is maneuvering and shifting things for the good in this hour. Those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It is our prayer that you know what you're called to in this moment. And it's deeper than just being a church attendee. You have to hear my heart. It is deeper than just marking it off the list. And I listen, I know you are in this room tonight, not because it's easy, because Wednesday nights are difficult. Wednesday nights are hard. Ask me, I know. They're difficult and you have to truly make the conscious choice to be in the room tonight. And so I pray that as we are in the room, as we are hearing the word, as we're learning some things in this hour, that we open our hearts and our minds, not just to be filled up and go back and say, well, that was good and consume it, but that we would turn around and pour into others. Just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I want to be a provider. I don't want to just be a consumer. I want to produce and reproduce. I don't just want to be a consumer only. Thank you, God, that I have the ability to consume. Thank God that I am a vessel, Father, for you to pour in. But God, don't let, don't let me miss the opportunity to pour back into others. Don't let me miss the opportunity to tip it over and fill up my neighbor when they are weak and weary and tired in this hour. And so we just speak that over this room tonight. I speak it over these people I thank God for who they are I thank God for their faithfulness to you I thank God to, for the faithfulness to this house I thank God for the faithfulness to his kingdom work in this hour can we just say amen Woo! it's already good he's good don't you love when you just you're like what's happening we don't know we're just here for it. Just lift up your hands and say, I'm here, Lord. I'm here, Lord. May the eyes of my understanding, my heart, be enlightened tonight. May the eyes of my heart be enlightened tonight. And Father, may we see your hand at work in this hour. May we as your people discern the time that we're living in. Amen. 
You can be seated for just a few moments. And if y'all want to hang close, you can, because we're going to release some declarations in just a little bit. I felt, um, well, last Wednesday night, I, um, I just, the Lord led me to something that I had written in December of 2018. Don't you love when the Lord brings you back to something? And I, I had it, had written down, Lord, for the remainder of this month and into the next year, I thank you that we have the ability to be available to receive every blessing that you have called over each and every person attached to this house. Now, some of you were not even attached to this house in 2019 or 2018, right? Well, here's what's amazing. For some reason that stuck out to me and I could not, I I couldn't let it go. I just kept studying that. I was like, what is he saying for the remainder of this month and into the next year? Well, this was pushing into Thursday morning on the 25th. And it was, it's literally, it was one month to the day when Rosh Hashanah takes place. The new Hebrew year, 5783. Everybody say 5783. Now, I don't want to lose anybody here because we live, according to the Gregorian calendar, Constantine, um, the emperor back in early church days, came on the scene. He was a friend to the church. He wasn't of the church, but he was a friend to the church. And he made it illegal to persecute Christians, and that's wonderful. But he also changed the time. And he changed the seasons and they moved from a lunar calendar into the solar calendar. Okay. So 5783 from creation is the year that is on God's Hebrew calendar. Rosh Hashanah moving into Tishri. We are in the month of Elul. We talked about that on Sunday, right? So in the month of Elul, the king comes down and dwells among his people. Um, I said, who feels like they have been in hell the month of August? It's for good measure. See, we are of another kingdom, right? And in his kingdom, there is no end. And so when we are of his kingdom, we, uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy but I came to fulfill, right? He didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the things. And so while we are of his kingdom, say I'm in the kingdom, there are reasons that you feel certain things spiritually in certain seasons. And throughout the month of Av, which is the end of July into August, it literally was a decision-making month. Literally, it was the 12 coming back, 10 giving a negative report, two giving a good report, and the majority won, right? They were long, longer in the wilderness than they should have been. That It actually cost them a whole generation of entering into the promise of God. Uh, it was the month of both temples being destroyed. It was also the month future that uh, the golden calf 
was worshipped. And so it was a decision making. Do we, do we believe the report of the Lord or do we believe the report of what we see? So in, that mo- in the month of August, I believe spiritually we feel things that are happening and did happen as who believes that history has a way of, of cycling, right? Well, I, I'm not looking to see temples destroyed today, but um, I am looking for the king to be in the field. And I think we all feel that freshness of his presence and him dwelling and tabernacling. And we know that Jesus, uh, again, I don't want to mess you up. We celebrate the birth of Jesus in December, but truthfully, historians say that he was born in the month of Elul, which would be our September. And uh, the tabernacling, Jesus came and he brought the Father near to us. And aren't you thankful for that tonight? That in him drawing near, he was restoring humanity and mankind. And so as we are in the year of 5782, and if you've been around Restoring Hope Church and other ministries, you heard probably this heavily come on the scene when we shift it shifted into 5780. Because it was a new decade and we are in the decade of the mouth. We are in the decade of declarations and God's just building on to that. Then we moved into the decade of pay Aleph and that was the year that we talked about the plow and how it lined up in the Strong's Concordance and being two by two and the Lord giving us fresh ox sight. Who remembers that? Ox sight. I love this because they have a visual of 300 and I believe a 30 degree visual, which means they can look straight ahead and they can see all the way to here and see all the way to here and never take their eyes off of what's in front of them. And the Lord spoke to me in, in intercession. He said, I'm releasing fresh ox sight. I had no idea what that meant until I started researching and it lined up with that year. We have now been in the year 5782 that has to do with the bet, the bet too. And it was, who will build a house for me? to dwell in. And I thought, my goodness, how fitting that in the year of him dwelling and and us as his people building him a holy habitation that God gave us this property in the year of 5782. That's pretty amazing, right? And the year of of pouring in and pouring on, the year of his presence filling the house. And I have felt that so beautifully in this year. And so if you'll just hang with me for just a minute, Pastor Aaron is not here. You have to put up with me tonight. And he said, go release this because it's burning in my heart. And I, I am excited about what I see prophetically and how it lines up. Everybody just say 5783. 5783 in the year of the declaration coming out of who will build a house for me moving into 5783 is uh, in the gematra the uh, it's a numerical value of three associated everybody say gimel or based on how you might pronounce it gamel the gimel. David, if we could put a picture of the gimel. This is what the gimel looks like. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Okay. So, and you, when you read Hebrew and I, I look, I'm like, uh, I don't know how to read it. 
I have to figure it out, but I love the symbolism of what each of these represent. And you read from right to left. You read opposite of what we read. And so this Gimel, Gematra of three, and we shift into this biblical year, Rosh Hashanah, September 25th, 2022. The Gimel looks like a man walking towards the Dalit. David, show me what the Dalit looks like. So this would be the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So we have the Gimel walking towards the Dalit. The, the, uh, the Gimel represented as a man in motion, a man in motion. Everybody say, the Lord wants me moving. He wants me in motion. The Dalit looks like a, a person who is bent over and humbling themselves. The Dalit actually uh, has a meaning of impoverished, but I want you to understand something. It's not just, oh, I don't have any money. That might be the case, but you remember Jesus talking about the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit is not necessarily who has the least money in the room, but it is those who have humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God that he may lift them up in due season. It's keeping yourself in check with the Holy Spirit. And the way that we do that is we don't ever say, look what I have done. I made this happen. But we continuously humble ourselves saying, had it not been for the Lord, none of us would be here. Amen. And so just, just picture this as the gimel is walking towards the Dalit, looking like a person that is bent over, humbling himself. Uh, the early Jewish and rabbis still to this day study this out. And they say this appears to be a man who is rich walking towards those who are poor, bent over and bringing him something. So as the Gimel is walking towards the Dalit, I want you to just picture maybe you're the one bringing something to the poor. We love to be do-gooders, don't we? We love to go down and feed the homeless, but it's not just giving them something to eat momentarily. This is a life-changing gift. I want you to hear me today. This is not, what's the saying? If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish and he'll eat for life. This is what this gimel moving towards the Dalit represents. It is a, look, we've humbled ourselves. We've given, we have sown. We've been willing to hear the voice of the Lord and move in obedience according to what he has spoken. And it is a picture of someone having more than us walking towards whomever it is that is humbled themselves and in need. Everybody just lift up their hands and say, I'm a needy person. See, we don't train people to say that, do we? You needy. We're supposed to be in need because he what supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory. I'm going to come around to that in just a moment. But as this 
person who has something of substance, bringing it towards the person who has bent over. He would be bringing him sadiq, which is charity in the Greek. There will be a release. Can I just prophesy for just a moment? Several months ago, I began to look, because you all know, I even released it here, New Year's of 2022. God told me, this will be the year that you will minister to your neighbors in ways that you have never done before. And I had no idea how much that was going to mean in my life. Uh, you know, the the man who came and, and loved his neighbor as himself. What is it? What does that look like? It looks like the man who was traveling along the way and he was beat up and they found him and he wasn't even supposed to be talking to him and he put him in an inn and he poured oil and wine upon him and then went and told the clerk, listen, whatever charges, when I come back through here, I'm going to take care of it. And the Lord told me, you're going to love your neighbor in ways that you're going to need loved in the future. And let me tell y'all, I could, I could tell you some stories like neighbors that I never talked to that all of a sudden are running over and saying, help me. My, my husband is seeing black shadows coming out of the walls. Okay, God, loving my neighbor. Don't even know, but somehow they, they, okay, they're crazy. They, she's probably heard me praying in the backyard. They're crazy. So I can do this with them. But neighbors of family members that passing away, neighbors that you would go, man, why God? Why? But they had a need and God might set you beside someone just because you might be able to be the person, the gimmel to help supply a need. So we need to understand that when God gives us resources, it's not for us to just re reserve all for us, but it might be that God's calling you to look around you and see what need you can help meet for his glory. Amen. The original pictograph of a gimel is a camel because the long neck re represented in the picture. Can we put the gimel back up there? He has a long neck. And so the original pictograph in the Hebrew was that this was associated with the camel. And so it has several meanings. Gimel is the root word gamel, camel, right? And its meanings are to nourish. Everybody say, I want to be nourished. Second meaning is to wean. Say, I got to get off the milk. Oh. The third is camel, and I'm going to talk about that tonight. And the, and the fourth is a bridge. Now, listen, my husband and I have always said that in seasons, we have been a bridge. And you know that sometimes it's not fun to be a bridge because you got to lay down. Let people walk over top of you for them to get to the other side. And then they just never even speak to you again. But in this day and in this coming year, are we willing to be a bridge for his glory? Listen, who wants to be nourished in natural and in spirit? I want his nourishment. I want his nourishment of his word. I want his nourishment and his refreshing spirit. I want to know what meat is like in the word of God. And we're going to, we're going to come around that. I had a dream several years ago. Uh, and here's what's crazy. Summer reminded me of it in the dream. I was under a pavilion 
and and people were bringing me these infant babies left and right and I was feeding and nourishing these babies as milk was pouring out of me now this is funny but literally all of a sudden one baby was handed to me and this baby grew instantaneously and it was a grown man and I hauled back I said, this milk is no longer for you. Now look at where we are as a pavilion on our property. She was like, oh my word, pastor, you were under a pavilion. But there comes a season that the milk is meant to nourish you in a season that it's needed. But then there comes a time that you no longer desire milk or you will not grow unless you change your diet. We as the people and believers in Christ have to come to the realization that we need to change our diet. And in changing our diet, it brings a growth to our spirit man, to our spirit man. And we find ourselves growing up into the fullness of Christ. Now, no one in this room under the sound of my voice has made it all the way to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. As I said last night, I can say that confidently because if we came to the point that we have grown to the exact same measure and stature, our work is complete on earth, right? And so as we are still growing into the fullness of who he is, our diet also grows. The bigger we get, the hungrier I am for his presence and his word, where I can't expect new Christians and baby believers to to want and desire the exact same thing as me, but yet then I have to be patient knowing where they are in their ability to handle food. Amen? Nourishment, weaning, a camel, and a bridge. I would love to say that God is just going to dump a bunch of stuff that's good in our lap this coming year. As I believe we are moving into a year where we will reap a harvest that we have sown. (laughs) I'll say that again. I believe what this picture represents because truly the gimel is a representation, 5783 is a representation of blessing and cursing at the same time. The wheat and the tare, if you will. And so we will reap a harvest. The Bible says God is not mocked whatever we have sown that we shall reap. We will reap the harvest that we have sown in this season. So I believe that as we are moving into the harvest, thank God, aren't you thankful for grace right now? Come on, aren't you thankful for grace? I'm going to give an altar call shortly. But I'm thankful for grace that there's still time. There is still time every day that we get up that while he is not yet on the judgment seat, the scripture does tell us in 1 Peter 4, I believe it's 17. I have it wrote down. See, I'm getting ahead of myself right now, that judgment will begin in the house of God and not one of us will be exempt from that. For a time has come that judgment will begin in the house of God. I've said this often. We are looking for God to put his foot down in Washington and judge the nation. He is not near as concerned as the nation as a whole as he is for his kingdom citizens. Woo! 
let me get back on track here. Gimel is a picture of something being brought. And I believe it's the blessings of the Lord to those who have sown and sown. And yet you have seen frustration and you've only seen partial harvest in this past season. Or maybe you have been planting in your field and the tear has got a hold of the seed and you feel it choking out. But I believe that God is about to dump something up on his people who have been laboring and sowing. We've been praying. We've been sowing. And now we're asking for heaven to bring the rain. The camel, I want to talk about the camel for just a moment. Camels are coming. We have talked about this before and declared this before. And you have to know that in biblical day, especially in the Old Testament, when they looked up and they saw, I don't know what they're called, a caravan. Thank you. I was going to say a herd. It wasn't a herd. A caravan of camels coming, there was something good on the way. Somebody needs to get excited right now and say the camels are on the way. The camels are coming. But when the camels show up, this is what I want to tell this church today. I didn't see this written in a book, but it's been in my spirit for some time. When the camels show up, we got to have some substance to offer them. We can find this in the book of Genesis and the 24th chapter. And Abraham has sent his oldest servant to go find a wife for his son Isaac. Okay. And in this, he sent his servant with 10 camel to go into the land of his home dwelling. And he said, I don't want Isaac to go back there, but I need you to go. And he says this, he made the camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that when a young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. She says, I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to your master. So all of a sudden, Rebecca comes on the scene and she's fair and she's beautiful. And so he, he says, can you give me a little water from your pitcher? verse 18 and 24 of Genesis. So she said, drink my Lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also. Now I want, this is this. Okay. That sounds wonderful. She's going to give the camels water. Woohoo. Listen to this. I, I just want you to hear this tonight. Camels are fascinating creatures and God designed these animals to serve people that would experience hostile desert conditions. They can survive things that 
other beasts of burdens will never be able to survive. When a camel exhales, water vapor becomes trapped in its nostrils and is absorbed into its body. Its heavy coat insulates it from the desert heat, and even their blood is different than other mammals, allowing it to flow freely during severe hydration. As Caleb was prophesying, you've been in a dry place. You've been in a dry season. I was like, oh, the camels are coming. Lord, give us the ability to, to hold water, to not be those broken down cisterns that Jeremiah prophesies about that are broken and have no ability to hold or contain water. And as I said last night to the women in the book of Jude, it talks about clouds that have formed but have no ability to drop water rain. May we not be a people empty with nothing to offer the king when he comes. May we, may we be full of the dew of heaven. May we be full of his presence. That's why I had to say, Lord, fill me up until I overflow because it's not just enough to have it for me, but I needed to sustain some people who are coming. And if I believe that the word of the Lord, and I got to tell you every year has prophetically lined up to a T. Those of you who have been a part of this ministry, you know it to be true. It has always lined up. And if I believe the word of the Lord today that the camels are coming, then I must have them some water to drink. As his bride was going to be identified based on who could provide a drink for the camels. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. They withstand losing 25% of their body weight to sweating. Women, would we not love that gift? (laughs) I am stalkered. I love you. Hi. Would we not love the Lord? Lord, I'm willing to be a camel. Make me sweat, Jesus. I sweat anyway, but I ain't losing no body fat. (laughs) Come on, Lord. They can store more water than other animals. A 1,300-pound camel can drink 53 gallons of water in three minutes. 53 gallons of water in three minutes. That's pretty phenomenal. So in Genesis 24, when Abraham sent this servant in and he literally gave instruction that, yes, if she gives you a drink, that's one thing. Praise God. She's going to offer you water. But if she waters your camels, she's the good one to be my son's wife. Now, listen. Rebecca willingly drew water for all the men and for the 10 camels that came in with them which may have very well required her to draw 500 gallons of water. Puts it in a whole new context, doesn't it? Now, I can see why she was wife worthy. Right? So if Jesus is sending gifts to his bride, Who could be diligent enough to have some water for the camels coming? 
who could be diligent enough to have enough of the spirit and enough of the river of God to sustain what is coming my way in this year. Camels were representation of the caravan and the goods were coming and being brought with them. And we can see that, that after they finished drinking, she emptied her pitcher. She ran back. She draw more water. She drew for all the camels and the man wondering at her. They're amazed because this one woman is lugging all these gallons of water to make sure their camels had enough to sustain. They're wondering at her. They remain silent as, okay, Lord, is she the one? Is she going to stick this out? Is she really going to bring all of this water from the well? And after the camels had finished drinking, the man took a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist weighing 10 shekels of gold and asked, who's, who's your father? Whose daughter are you? Please tell me if there's room. And this was to be the wife of Isaac. Simply because I just wonder, like, is, is God literally sending the camels to be like, who's got enough water to sustain the blessing that I'm sending their way? The covenant that I'm coming with. In 5783, and we've prophesied it. Isaiah 60 literally says, the waves of the sea are about to be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles and the camels are coming to your land. If I believe that we're living in a day of great darkness hovering the earth, and I believe that God is commanding a light and will still have light in Goshen when the rest of the world goes dark, I must also believe that he's turning the tide in the favor of his faithful people. He's turning the tide of those who are saying, God, I'm doing all I can do to sow good seed in this year and in this season. I'm doing all I can do to continue to humble myself. I'm doing, I may not look like I got much. I'm bowed over, but God, I also believe the word of the Lord that camels are coming to my land and we can know that when we see the caravan of camels coming, our direction that they are bringing supernatural provisions to form a covenant a lasting covenant that would say we want to dwell with you the camels are coming people of God trying to help you camels were prized old testament beings creatures wealth could be measured by livestock they were used to transport personal Things, cargo, to carry goods when one wanted to bless another. The New Testament mentions camels too. And here's what's interesting. When Jesus mentioned camels, it was always associated with the rich, right? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have to picture this. The eye of a needle is a legit gate into the city. And it literally looks like the eye of a needle. It's not a little needle and picturing a camel to go through it. But when you see it on the mountain, it literally has the same shape as a needle 
on that you would sow with. So when Jesus is saying it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven, it's because when they came to the gate of that city, whoever was riding that camel, they had to unpack everything that that camel was carrying. Everything. They had to take it all off and lay it down. That camel had to get down on all fours and wedge its way through the eye of the needle. And then once they got through the city gate, they had to go back, lug all of their goods, and then reload the camel again. He said, it's easier for a camel to do that than for a rich man. You want to know why? Because when you have riches that you feel like you have earned and you have gained yourself, it's hard to unload when God asks you to. It's true. It's hard to unload and unpack some things because we're like, whoa, God, I've can't, I've can't, I did this. I carried this all the way here. Woo. But God is in a season and in a day as we're moving into 5783 and he's doing some things. And I wanted to get ahead of this in this church to help you understand the turn that we have taken in this hour. Because as we have been declaring and been speaking that the camels were coming, that provisions were coming. And listen to me, it does not, uh, money doesn't stop us from presenting the gospel, but it does cost money to uh, do all of this, right? It takes money for you to get in your vehicle and drive to church. It takes currency to feed your family and pay your light bills, right? If y'all found another way, let me know. But as we have said, I'm in this world, I'm not of it. And so therefore, even the job that we have, it's not our source stream of the currency to live in and live on. Money answers all things. That's crazy because the word of God says that. And yet at the same time, it's the root of all evil, the love of money. That's why it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom because it's easy to have a love affair with money. You want to know why? Because when you've got money, you feel in control. You stop offering camel's water I don't want to ever get to the place when I look around and be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not helping them. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not releasing them of that debt. You know, you, just think about it. Why is it that we charge people with things that we've been freed from? Why is that? We are living in a day that I can feel and if we can't, it's, it's like when in, in the gospel, when the Sadducees and the Pharisees were looking to literally test Jesus, call him into performance and say, prove you're the son of God. Show us a sign. And he told them, he said, how is it that you can discern the face of the sky and know when a storm is coming? And yet you have no ability to discern the season that you're living in. 
Have we got so churchy that we can't discern the season and the time that we're living in? Have we gotten so stuck in our religious cycle, the norm, the norm, the norm, that we have forgotten that Jesus is still returning for a bride? That he is still preparing a place that we could go and dwell with him. It amazes me as I travel and I hear people's conversation. How many people don't even believe that the rapture will happen? And so therefore, if I don't believe he's coming back, what would I get ready for? Why would I have to have a cistern and a well full of water? There ain't no camels coming. That's stupid then guess what? They probably will not show up at your house. But I'm in a season of expectation. And as the Lord is coming for his bride. (laughs) Oh, yes, he's coming hungry. And he's coming thirsty. He's coming expecting, what do you have for my camels? What do you have? And so while I could turn this into a shout that the camels are coming, and I have been shouting all week long because about four weeks ago, I heard the Holy Ghost say, Amanda, do you believe in the seed that you sowed into this house? He said, do you believe that the house that I have called you all to is good ground? I said, God, you you know I do. And I heard this. Then why are you not asking me for a hundredfold return? Just think about this. Then why are you not asking me for a hundredfold return? It was a Sunday morning. I was on my way to church and I called Pastor Aaron. He's already here in his office. I said, Aaron, I need you to agree with me right now. He was like, what is wrong? I said, I just heard the Lord say, he asked me the question, why have we not been declaring the hundredfold return on the seed that we sown in this house. He goes, well, why have we not? I said, I guess I never thought of it in that way. The revelation that we have a right to speak to the harvest seed that we have sown. We have a right to speak and say, God, I believe I've sown into good ground. Just as a farmer plants in the ground, I am not responsible for bringing the increase. I'm responsible for planting. Another might be responsible for watering, but it is the Lord who gives the increase. If he's the Lord of the harvest and he is for me and I am with him and he's, I'm, I'm just a branch in his vineyard, then why would I say, oh no, I don't need an increase, Lord. Because if he's coming hungry and if he's coming thirsty, he expects us to have some fruit and some weight on it. Not because my house could be rich at a hundredfold return, but so that I could say, God, okay, show me the needs. Show me where to sow again because he will always provide seed to every sower in this house. I'm just here to preach tonight. 
He will always make sure that when you have determined in your heart, I will be a giver in this day and in this hour that he will put seed back into your hand to meet the need. And so you tonight might be the dullet. You might be bent over and in great need. But I prophesy that a gimel is about to walk your way. That a camel is coming with provisions that you didn't even see coming, nor did you ever dream would be for your house. I came to prophesy that the supplier is setting and waiting to just ship the cargo directly to your address in in the in the Strong's Concordance in the Greek 2023 means to supply as the year lines up 2023 lines up with 5783 provisions are coming to those who have humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God I don't know what your need is today but I believe that God's sending the answer in the Strong's it literally means to supply and I had sent that to the staff a while back the Lord said look up 2023 (laughs) I said to supply God are you kidding me the year of great supply and then he wrecked me last week as he turned it to those who have allowed the nourishment of their word to grow them. Ooh, and I'm not saying you're not going to have hard days and struggles. There's not going to be days that you revert back and you might even throw a tantrum or two. As Etta is growing up and she begins to kick and scream, I have to remind her how old she is. And if you might, you might just feel God reminding you Have I ever failed you yet? Have you ever missed a meal aside from fasting? Has there ever been a moment that I might have been late, but have I provided for you? Sometimes God literally reminds us as his children that I don't know why you're crying today. Are you, oh, I'm starving. Have you ever really starved? Because I have a supply and I want to meet your need, baby. Do you know how much he loves you tonight? Why do we worry and why do we get so bent out of shape about finances specifically? Why is it that we can believe God for everything else, but when it comes to money, we panic and the enemy makes you believe that you have to do something? I work. If I don't work, I don't eat. Praise God for the ability to work. Some of you have done your due diligence in your work. Thank you. And yet it's still not enough. But I want to declare the word of the Lord that as he's coming with the caravan for his bride, and as he's looking, who's going to offer a drink? It's more than just, woohoo, the, the, the provisions coming. The real question that I want to position this church tonight is do you have something to offer when they show up? 
And I'm not talking about money. We haven't even taken an offering tonight. We will. I wanted to jump right into this. Because I believe that God is shifting a mindset in his people in this hour. He's shifting a mindset that as the gimel is walking towards the dalit, he does not want us to be satisfied in momentary blessing. But as pastor preached a few weeks ago, he's giving some of you kingdom resource ideas to change your life. I believe that gimel is coming as an investment in your in your life in your business he's saying i want to form a a covenant with you i want to be a business partner with you god's not going to waste what we're going to drop so it puts it in a whole new picture of rebecca probably sweating carrying potentially 500 gallons of water for the camels alone? How willing are we to wait until we're filled up for his presence? To wait even in hell, even in the heat, even in the frustration, even in the sweat. How willing are we to say, God, I'm going to be a cistern and a reservoir I'm going to be that vessel, that pitcher that's going to carry your substance to offer when you come (laughs) or when they are in need. Tonight, you might be the bowed over Dalit, but on the flip side, you might be the one who is a need meter in the room and you're just waiting on the discernment of the Lord to say, God, lead me and guide me to whom shall I trust this seed with in this hour? First Peter 2, 2, as the nourishment and the weaning say, Lord, wean me. Give me a desire for the strong meat of the Lord. Give me a desire for when we are babes, we desire the milk of the word. Thank God for the milk. But then Hebrews goes on to say, but solid food is for the mature. Who by constant use has trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Tonight, it is my prayer that as our eyes are being opened and as we are growing up, we're not saying we have it all figured out. We're just saying, Lord, we are trusting your discernment that you've put in us between good and evil. We're not going to call good evil and evil good. But in this day, we are going to stand as your kingdom citizens, as we talked about last night, releasing legislation in the atmosphere. I am a city set on a hill. That word city in the Greek, the root word is polis, which means when Jesus was saying to you, you are a city set on a hill. He says, I'm calling you to be my legislative branch and produce policy in my kingdom. Go and occupy, take back territory, take dominion. And how in the world is the church going to take dominion? Because the wealth of the Gentiles is on its way to the church we can only do what God allows us to do in the hour he's called us to do it but I prophesy there's a caravan coming and what has been in the hands of wicked evil policy legislating people God has said I'm looking for my bride I'm looking for my church who has some substance to them that can handle the meat that will not misuse and abuse the legislation I'm putting in their mouth Where are my policy makers tonight?
Stand to your feet. Where are my policy makers? Philippians 4.19. And he shall supply. Just lift up your hands according ooh, to his riches in glory. I'm not looking for this to come in ways by natural places, but I expect it to be so supernatural. I expect it to come in ways that shocks us. Say 5783. I'm going to bow low before you get here. Ooh, come on, maybe you just need to come. Maybe, maybe just at your seat. Maybe you just need to sit down and bend back over and bow back over and say, Lord, I am in need. I need you today. I need you. I need your word. I need your strength. I need your substance. I need you to pour in this vessel that you might have something to draw from me. Draw from me. I want the rivers of living water. And if you're in that season and you want to say before 5783 turns in September on the 25th, Rosh Hashanah, come on, make your way to this altar and say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up because I want to have something to be able to draw from. Bow me over, Jesus. Woo! I'm not ashamed I'm in need today. Come on, maybe you have need in your resources. Maybe you have need in your relationships. Maybe you have need in your mental state today. I don't know what placement you have a need, but I prophesy that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Gimel is also a representation of the third party of the Trinity, a, a representation of the Holy Spirit coming and filling the void and filling the gap in your life. As Jesus came and brought the Father near to us and the Holy Spirit is still at work on the earth meeting and touching the hearts of mankind when we just bow over and say yes Lord I humble myself fill me up fill me up fill me up Stop for one second. Men, do not let the spirit of pride rob you from this moment. See, we, we've come way too far. Because I know you're here. We've come way too far to allow pride to keep us in our space when we have a need. Whatever religious demon is talking in your hearing right now, I'm just telling you, I came to rebuke it tonight. I came to tear it down. And if you have a need and you want to touch heaven and you might be in the gimmel, you might be in the placement of God. I've got supply and I'm ready to walk. I don't care where you are, but I do pray that you find a place and say, God, I just want to be filled up with you. I want to be able to sustain my house, sustain my neighbor's house. I want to be able to sustain your house. I want to have something to draw with in this hour. As we begin to worship, would you just find a place in his presence tonight? We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.